Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. It's time! With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Liverpool, England, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on his time. President Trump, politics, sex, drugs, rock and roll, film, current events, UFC, NFL, all kinds of sports. It's No Holds Barred Radio on It's Time Radio. And here I am, Bruce Buffer, trying to get my words straight, and with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. Hi, TJ. You know, one thing leads to another, and I think the hiccup started when you're like, from the streets of... Wait, where's the UFC going this week? That that was it. <laughs> where, where in the world is Bruce Buffer? Where in the world is the Octagon? Uh, man, you, uh, it, it's a good thing they don't do a lot of passport stamps anymore because I can't imagine how many books you'd go through in a calendar year. I've already gone through a few books, as you can imagine. But, you know, one of the reasons that I did a little stutter-futter there um, is because, TJ, my birthday was on Monday. I know. And, and um, had a great time, had a great birthday. Thanks to all the fans, thanks to the UFC, many of the people I do business with and am friends with, people I haven't heard from in years, uh, tons of tweets, Instagram posts. Thank you all so much. And, you know, my private uh, texts text that came in and the emails. Had a wonderful birthday, TJ. A lot of names from the past, a lot of names I care about from the present, and um, ended with how else to spend my birthday, but a friendly poker game at Buffer Manor. We played till 7.30 in the morning, TJ. Damn, so, damn. I, yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. It was a very fun, very profitable birthday. That's oh, all I can say. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, happy birthday, belated. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't jump out of uh, a dark room with Sammy and your brother uh, like we did a few years back. But uh, That's okay. Yeah. That's right. I remember that, though. That was one of my more memorable birthdays. This is a memorable birthday. Well, you almost stabbed uh, Brian. You almost killed the man. I know, I know. It, well, you know, that's what happens when you uh, surprise me like that. I'm in, uh, I'm a part-time ninja. What can I tell you? Part-time? But, <laughs> I think you're full-time, just incognito half the time. Uh, that's the name of the game, you know. Keep it all, keep it all safe and hidden. Um, all kidding aside, thank you again, everybody. Great time. When it comes to birthdays, I celebrate them basically for a couple weeks. I celebrate a month before, a week before, to a week after. You never know what your birthday day is going to be like. Had a great day with the family yesterday. Everything was good. Now it's back to business and getting back to normal sleep, proper nutrition, and getting everything on track. Fun birthday. 
but I feel it. That's all I can say. And I feel it in a very positive, wonderful way. So with that being said, we're moving. I'm, I'm surprised you feel it being, you know, 50 years old now, Bob. Of course, that's it. Like girls are 29, ladies are 29 forever. At this point in my life, I guess I'm 50 forever. In a distinguished. A distinguished 50 who on the license says, truly, I'm 61 years old. And loving every minute of it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. L- loving every minute of it. All right, TJ, the big news, the big news is the ESPN deal that was brokered this week and announced this week for UFC broadcast rights, currently owned by Fox. We're not going to go into it right now. We will discuss that with our guest, John Anik, a man who has worked at ESPN for years, a man who has worked at the UFC for years, a man who knows both sides of the coin, in and out. Let's get his take on this. I think it's amazing. We'll hold off on any other comments until that happens. We'll also discuss UFC coming up in Liverpool, England, on Saturday. I leave tomorrow. I'm going in a day early beyond what I normally do, TJ, because Liverpool is the land, the historical landmark where the Beatles started their career, and they've got the Beatles Museum there. They've got a lot of other cool things. I love going to the UK, so I'm going to be a little bit of a tourist, TJ. I've never been to Liverpool. I'm going to go there and take a day and be a tourist. Well, if there was ever a band to sort of be a fan of, uh, over it'd be the Beatles. So if, when in Rome, you got to go check that out. But yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta extend that birthday a little bit. I mean, you celebrated your birthday here. Now you got to do it in the UK. There we go, and I'm happy too. There's some interesting stories in the news before we bring John Anik on. Um, I love stories of people that are passionate, that wish to do the best they can for the people around them, no matter how old they are. This is fascinating, TJ. In a superhero cape. This young man, he's only four years old, TJ, four years old. His name is Austin Perrine, and he wears a superhero cape that glides and flutters, similar to Superman. And what he does is, in in Birmingham, Alabama, where he lives, in sweltering 95 degrees at age four, he's undeterred. He hands out chicken sandwiches to homeless men outside his shelter. At four years old, he is interesting in feeding the homeless. I love this story, TJ. This is, this is in, you know, in, in the midst of athletes that are spoiled, making tons of money, doing all the wrong things, here's a young man who's not even had his first job yet and doing the kind of things that certain other people should be focusing on with all the good they have in life to give back to the world in many ways. This boy's doing it. Before he's ever even gotten anything, he's giving. It's beautiful. I love it. Bro chicken sandwiches, not dollies. Conor McGregor, why... Do you think Conor was I talking about Conor McGregor? <laughs> I, was I? I just said Conor. I don't know why you're I, assuming. Come on. Now. Oh, that, that's right. Well, when I hear Conor, I think McGregor. When I hear McGregor, I think Conor. Right. Great things are great to be done with great responsibility. With greatness comes great responsibilities. We talk about all the time on the show. Okay, all little hints and kidding aside. This is incredible. I wish this young man all the luck. It's interesting. I'd like to actually see where this man is in four years with this kind of an attitude. So. It's great. And you know what he says? He says he would chase the bad guys out of school and feed the homeless. That's his idea of being Superman. You know, uh, I mean, you, you you specialize in business deals. Get this kid a Chick-fil-A sponsorship. Uh, something's going to happen. And I hope that, you know, I, you know what? He's going to get something, hopefully. And the money he gets, I wouldn't doubt for a second. Of course, keep a little for himself, enjoy his life, but I bet he gives it away and does something with it, with this kind of mentality. Well, I mean, Without he's all, is already a philanthropist at four years old. Yeah. He can't yeah, even exactly. say philanthropy. Well, But I'm listen, 34 years old, and I can hardly say philanthropy, so there you go. There you go. Well, here, here's, a, here's a story about a four-year-old, okay? Now let me tell you a 180-degree turn 
a story about a 15-year-old. There is a teenager who, and this is where as parents you got to be careful because you are responsible for your teens. You could be sued by their acts. This teen who started a fire that burned 48,000 acres, okay, in Oregon. On Monday, a judge ordered the boy who pleaded guilty to starting the Eagle Creek wildfire last year to pay $36,618,330.24 in restitution to cover the damages. These are from 11 claims by the states and other parties that totaled this $36 million. He violated Oregon and U.S. constitutions, which protects people from excessive fines and cruel and unusual punishment. And this is what he has. So the order says the following organizations have received the money. So there's like Allstate Insurance, they're down here for 8,000. Oregon State Parks, 31,000. A million to Union Pacific Railroad. A million six to the Oregon State Fire Marshal. 12.5 million to the Oregon Department of Transportation. And 21 million to the U.S. Forest Service. If he can't pay the millions in full, he has to establish a pay schedule. He's also been, here's the other thing, he's been sentenced to five years probation and 1,920 hours of community service. Now, you know as well as I, TJ, the probation, the community service will be fulfilled. This 15-year-old kid has this hanging over his head for the rest of his life. I'm trying to see here if his parents are liable for you're this. You're leaving one big thing out. His parents are not liable for it. They're not liable. That's what I was asking. But you're leaving one big thing out. Uh, the judge has the right to basically say it's all good in 10 years to forgive the debt in 10 years, which I think is going to be done. They're making an example of him. Um, I don't know how much he's going to actually end up paying on this, but uh, this is more than a slap on the wrist, but it's also probably not going to ruin this young man's life, uh, which is good um, because you need to send a message. And, you know, his early 20s is probably going to suck. You know, all of his money is going to get taken from him, essentially. Uh, He'll probably have to live at home. But, uh, dude, like, you messed up. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. You, you really, really screwed up here. And uh, time to pay the price without paying the, the full price, I guess. Well, he messed up, and I don't feel sorry for him at all for what he did. Um, but the PSTSD or whatever it's termed uh, out of this for this kid, I mean, who knows what this kid's going to be like the rest of his life. You're going to watch, you're gonna have to watch this guy. It was still an accident. Um, what, how did it happen, TJ? What, what was, the, was it intentional or was it an accident on his part? I'm not aware of this. Pretty sure it was an accident. Um, again, I don't have the story in front of me. I can pull it up here, but uh, I, I believe that this was accidental, and th- and that's largely why he is being held accountable in the way that he is, but also uh, not having his life completely destroyed. So, gotcha. Uh, but I mean, yeah, there, there's no way you overlook that. You know what I mean? Well, I has got to wake up every day with this. I, I, you know, I can't comment because I don't know the inside story on either end. It's just a story that's a news story that needs to be read. And uh, I think that's the first time I've ever heard of that kind of a of a of a fine or a judgment coming down in this type of situation. Was playing with some fireworks, and um, yeah, I mean, first off, you shouldn't be playing with fireworks unsupervised when you're 15 years old. I'm sorry, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. Like, what what are you doing with fireworks in the woods? That's not where you play with fireworks. Exactly. So, exactly. um, No lesson learned by hopefully you learn and observe by other people. As long as young people read the news. And I mean that I meant that as a dig. Read the news, young people. I know we have a lot of young listeners on the show. There's lots more in life besides Fortnite, UFC, everything else. Go to CNN.com. Stay abreast. Expand your mind. The more you read, the more articulate you'll become. Little lesson or little uh, uh, life lesson on my birthday. I like to instill in people around me. How's that? 
Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing, too. Like, I don't know if this is going to be upheld real quick with the, the cruel and unusual punishment thing because it's steep. But it's not unjustifiable. You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. they spelled it out right there. Uh, the, the, I, I mean, again, I, you're probably going to see uh, the, the Allstate Insurance Company probably entitled to their money. I think it, it's not much. I think you said it's like $8,000. Uh, he'll probably pay that off. There, there's some uh, private companies. Um, you know, the, the big one that I'd be worried about is the the Union Pacific Railroad. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the railroad doesn't play, uh, and, and, yeah. and they're very much uh, necessary to our way of life. The U.S. Forest Service, the Oregon Department of Transportation, the Oregon State Fire Marshal. I mean, they're they're going to let that stuff slide. Well, time will tell. I'm sure it'll be in the news as time goes on. Uh, he won't get away from this very easily, that's for sure. You know, that was Oregon. Now, over in uh, Washington State, something that doesn't happen, okay? A cougar killed a mountain biker and injured another one in Washington State while they were actually they were cyclists, and the cougar was uh, stalking them as they biked over the weekend in the Cascade Mountains, which is up near Seattle. So the survivor of the attack uh, basically explained everything that happened. The man said he hit the cougar in the head with his mountain bike and the animal ran into the woods. Obviously, they ran into it. And then, boom, came over and did the number. Um, cougars are not known to attack humans, so there had to be something that created this attack, as I was you know, previously explaining as I'm going through this. But then you have another story, and I feel, I mean, it's horrible. My condolences and you know, all wishes possible go out to the family of of the person that was injured and killed and also the person that was killed by this this cougar. But now we have another story where that's a nature story that happened. That'll be investigated. They'll try to figure out why that took place because, again, they are not naturally ones to go and attack human beings. But get this, TJ. There's a demented social club, they call it, demented social club, and it's of suspected poachers. And this is in Oregon again, okay? A dozen members of a poaching club in the Pacific Northwest they're facing charges for killing hundreds of animals illegally. They're just killing them for the thrill of it, TJ. They you didn't have a poaching club. That's like having a bank robbery club. Like you, as, I mean, That's yeah. organized crime. Organized crime. And in this case, the accused poachers killed deer, elk, bobcats, and bears, and cougars in, in, in loosely organized operations. What they do is they share the photos of themselves on social media dapple with animal blood, posing with their heads, the animal heads, and referring to themselves as as the kill them all boys. And what they would do, TJ, is they'd leave the carcasses in the woods. After they got their little trophies and mementos, thinking they're big, tough men, yeah, right. Uh, then they take the pictures and they share it. The thrill of all this, the part of all of it they love the most, according to this, is the thrill of the kill. Okay, now I know that's there for hunters, whether you eat or not. I understand. But this is demented. Okay, they face 200 charges that could result in fines or jail time. They include waste of wildlife, hunting with an artificial light, use of dogs or bait to hunt, and aid uh, with shares in the violation. The animals are not accused of killing anything. Um, They were allegedly also used out of season, hunted out of season with illegal methods of hunting. Now, the Oregon State Police, they originally lost an investigation into this back in, in 2016. The game wardens were finding decapitated deer, deer without their heads. So they sent up surveillance cameras. They used the photos to track a truck. And after they seized the uh, suspect's sales phones, they found photos on the sales phones, videos, and text messages that led to some 20 different kill sites and other poachers. So it's been investigated. They're being arrested. And I hope they have the friggin' book thrown at them. Enough said. All right, everybody, that's the news. We have more news to talk about, too, but we are going to take a break because we got to get this man when he is available, when he's free. If anybody 
knows about the world of ESPN. If anybody knows about the world of UFC, it's my man, extreme, supreme commentator, John Anik. I'm not going very far. I'm in a rush. It's too uncomfortable. Sometimes I just forget. If you used any of these excuses, you're putting yourself at risk of injury or death. And it could also cost you lots of money. Cops are writing tickets, so why take the risk? Do the smart thing and start buckling up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. John, how are you? I am doing well, Buff TJ. It's always good to be with you, fellas. How's your Wednesday going? Uh, Wednesday's going good. I'm catching up because of the birthday Monday. I discussed that earlier on the show, but everything is together. My brain is coming back together, and ah. I'm uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. John, you love this. On Monday, we had a uh, I had a poker party, right? And I'll tell you more after the show, but we started at 6 o'clock. I, I had great friends over, great time. All the groups played till 7.30 in the morning, John. Oh, 13, wow. 13-hour session. It was great. How about it? Good for you. Yep. Good for you. I'll, yeah, good for me until 12 o'clock on Tuesday when I had my first appointment of the day, but everything is okay. It turned out to be really amazing. Interpret it any way you, you care to. It was a party. That's all we'll put down, but some good card playing and some great, great, great friends over. So now with that being said, John, the big news, the big, big news this week is the ESPN broker deal for UFC broadcast rights that are currently owned by Fox. Let's go into this. You've been at ESPN. You've worked there for years. ESPN personnel are now working for the UFC, including yourself, that have been there before. Is this, as I feel, a marriage made in heaven? Well, I think in a lot of respects it is, and it runs pretty deep for me. You know, I hosted the first episode of MMA Live on ESPN.com in April of 2008. We took that show to ESPN2 two years later in May of 2010. And here, almost 10 years to the day of that first episode of MMA Live, we now get news that ESPN is going to televise UFC Fight Nights. And obviously, you can read the details and the depth of this deal anywhere you want, but uh, everything that you saw on Fox is going to ESPN. And I guess, but you know, my emotions overall, Buff, are through the roof, elated excitement. But as we digest all of this, you know, I have some very dear friends uh, at Fox Sports, and their futures maybe are a little bit uncertain. There are a lot of people over there that have devoted seven years of their lives to the UFC and have developed the passion that you and I have for this sport. And so there's a little bit of that emotion from me today. But yeah, I mean, if I could run through my wall and it wouldn't cost me money to fix it, I'd run through it right now. I mean, this was a goal of ours when we first started launching MMA Live and, you know, hoping that ESPN would get on board. And obviously it didn't happen during the John Skipper era, but it is happening now. And and I think it's very exciting. And, And forgetting about you and me, Buff, and anybody else individually for the UFC, and in theory, the athletes, this is just enormous. I think it is enormous. I think it's enormous for all of us in the family, the UFC. I'm especially elated for the, the warriors, the female and male warriors that will enter that octagon in the future. It secures their income. I'm happy to see that it's securing a lot of things for the people and the hires that be at, at UFC because that's their given right for doing what they do and buying this company and bringing it on to the greatness that they're continuing to do. Now, my question, John, you mentioned employees over there at Fox. So now Karen Bryan is an example, uh, someone I thoroughly enjoy watching, and she does a great job. Is she a Fox employee that could possibly not wind up going to ESPN? Is that how that I don't works? know, and I, I wouldn't even get into individuals on the talent side. I'm talking about exclusively behind-the-scenes people, right? All the full-time Fox Sports employees gotcha. that have devoted the entirety of their professional lives 
to the UFC. And a lot of these people obviously predated the UFC-Fox deal, so they had other jobs in that building before the UFC deal was consummated. But for the talent, you know, I got to think that you'll see a lot of the same faces. I, you know, I got a few months left on my contract. There are a lot of different balls in the air right now, but I don't know. I'm more thinking about the people behind the scenes that never get enough credit and what their future might be if indeed all of these reports are true and, and they will no longer be doing anything UFC-related. I mean, I don't know what the depth of Fox Sports coverage would be now when it comes to the UFC. But big picture, man, this is hugely exciting uh, that on ESPN or ESPN2, we're getting UFC fight nights. I mean, there was a time where some of us didn't necessarily give up on that dream, but just thought it was such a pipe dream and, and unrealistic. And, you know, even Dana, uh, you know, several years ago was just saying, you know, ESPN not covering the sport the right way. Well, they are now, and uh, I'm truly elated. I'm excited. I think the timing's right, and I think it's just going to really help take the sport to the next level, even more so than what the seven years of the Fox deal did, and they accomplished quite a bit. Well, I absolutely agree with you because, let's face it, ESPN is a pinnacle network to be at when it comes to being sports programming. No question. Fox, also the same thing. But ESPN is a sports network. I mean, we can honestly say, I mean, it is a sports network. And if you're there, it's almost like legitimizing your sport. So this is another form of ultimate legitimization by being recognized and having a broker to deal to be on ESPN, which is easily more seen around the world and on my travels all over the world as you do, John, ESPN is on everywhere we go, pretty much. Right. So you're not going to miss yeah. UFC. You're not going to get fused by, as much as I love Fox, some of the issues in the past, Fox Sport 1 and Fox Sports 2. You know, yes, there's ESPN 2 and main ESPN. But concentrated focus, always knowing where to go for a show. It, it, this is I'm so excited about this, John. I'll run through that wall with you. How's that? Yeah, no. I mean, there. it's hard to see any downside, certainly, from from the views that we have and, and the seats that we sit in, right? I mean, this is absolutely enormous and has the potential to really take the UFC uh, into the lives of people that just aren't that familiar with mixed martial arts. And to have this deal come together when Ronda Rousey is no longer in the picture and Conor McGregor hasn't fought in 600 days, I think is another boon for the UFC. I think it proves that when you look at this roster of 500, 600, whatever it is, and you look at the top 100 or so, These athletes deserve a lot of credit. You can say I'm kissing ass and that's fine, but look at this top 100, you know, not even the household names necessarily, but just that that they have helped elevate this sport, you know, with their fighting and with their training. And I think that has made for places like ESPN to have an appetite for it. So, uh, yeah, man, it's exciting. It's been a crazy day. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I guess that pretty much puts it all into perspective. Now we got up and we're going over to Liverpool, England. Very exciting show, the land of the Beatles. I'm going to go in a day early. I'm going to do a little sightseeing. Can't wait to see the uh, the fight with Darren Till and Wonder Boy. Lots of good stuff happening there. Neil Magny's on the card. Uh, just a good, solid card, and it's always great to be in the U.K. As a matter of fact, Elias Theodoro is actually fighting on Fight Pass prelims. It, it's it's funny. Well, and Buff, I, I'm I'm a little bit envious that you're making the trek to Liverpool because I think you almost undersold it a little bit in terms of what type of live event we are expecting. Obviously, we get a lot of quick sellouts in Europe, in England, in Sweden, beyond. But Liverpudlians and this town are just huge fight fans and hugely passionate people about all of their sports. And Darren Till seems to be moving the needle to such an extent that. 
you know, this is a fight that's going to be broadcast on the radio on BBC, and, you know, I know TJ loves that, and, and I love hearing that because it'll be a radio call and not a TV call, presumably, but this is a big fucking deal buff, and uh, hopefully your It's Time sort of dovetails with, with how big I think this event is. Uh, I, I know it's a big deal. It was sold out in hours. <laughs> I can't wait to get over there. I'm going to roar It's Time like there's no tomorrow, and the UK people, the fans there in Liverpool, they'll be roaring it back with me, and I'm honored by that. That's my little moment, but overall, great card, great fight, and you put it on radio? That's like a first, isn't it? Yeah, and again, you know, I'm sure some people who really dig deep into that decision by the BBC can say, yeah, but they're not doing this or whatever, but point being, they haven't done it before, and they're doing it now, and the reason is because of Darren Till, and this fight is awesome. You know, it's always interesting for me to hear Kenny Florian on our show because I trust his opinion to such an extent, and usually I have a pretty good gauge as to which side he's going to end up on on the main event. I thought he might go Darren Till, but he, he went with the veteran Stephen Thompson, who obviously is 10 years Darren Till's senior I'm just excited to see what Darren Till can do, fighting a guy who has been entrenched in the welterweight top five for four or five years now. And Till is interesting. They had a side-by-side of these two guys signing posters today, Buff, and Darren Till's hands are enormous. And I don't know what kind of tell that is, but I just think this is a guy, everything he throws is hard. He's fighting a truly special striker, a one-of-a-kind type striker in Stephen Thompson. But I'm just excited to see what Darren Till can do. And, and anyone who thinks it's going to be easy, easy for Stephen Thompson over 25 minutes, I think, is, I think is kidding themselves. Well, I'm a big fan of Stephen Thompson. I, I really enjoy watching Darren Till fight. I'm a fan of his also. You're dealing with two fighters with different styles. Stephen Thompson, the, the Lyoto Machida similar style, creating the distance, maintaining the distance to do his effective uh, type of striking with his kicks and his punches. Darren Till walking straight in, moving side to side as the striker he is. Uh, those hands are devastating, and as long as they don't touch Steven, it could be a long five rounds. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how this pans out because of the two distinctly different styles of each fighter. Darren Till being the local favorite hero and the crowd going nuts. Can't wait. Going to be awesome. And, of course, I look forward to being there. Um, let's step out of this for a second. John, you're a baseball fan. You follow baseball incredibly. I was reading this article on Chris Davis, the one that signed the $161 million mega deal. They're claiming this has spiraled into like Major League Baseball's worst contract bust ever. Is that true? Historically, I, I guess it's pretty bad. I, you know, he strikes out at a pretty good clip. Um, but there have been a lot of bad deals doled out. You know, I mean, I could just start ripping them down when it comes to the Boston Red Sox. The Carl Crawford contract comes to mind. He did next to nothing after getting a whole lot of money from the Red Sox, of course, at the time. I loved the signing as a fan. But I think that's sort of the way it goes in baseball. And sometimes one injury can really screw up one of these max contracts, right? You give a guy six years, $150 million, and all of a sudden you lose a season. And in a game like baseball, right, which is so much about timing and really all the little muscles being working in sync and being on together, uh, it can be really tough, but, you know, the Orioles are, are not in a good place right now, that's for sure, and, and there's at least three really good teams above them, and certainly two that are elite, but uh, how about your boy T.J. DeSantis checking out his Minnesota Twinkies taking on the L.A. Angels at Anaheim? <laughs> Is it Minnesota Twinkies? I love that. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's that's one of their great nicknames. Usually they're only called the Twinkies when they lose 100 ball games, which uh, there have been plenty of Twinkie references over the last few years, but... Uh-huh. Uh, you know, made the wild card last year. You're talking about bad contracts, Anik. Like, maybe this is sacrilegious for me to say, uh, being from the great state of Minnesota, but we're, we're paying Joe Maurer like $20 million a year, and this dude is not anything like the guy that was winning batting titles or anything like that. Like, he's batting leadoff 
And I mean, great, good on-base percentage. That's that's great. But like, when you're paying somebody twenty million a year, I want more than you know opposite field singles. Yeah, no, I get it. And obviously, Maurer had established enough goodwill where sometimes you know you're gonna eat some money on the back end of a contract like that. But yeah, this Chris Davis deal, I guess you know, one hundred and sixty-one million or whatever it is, and. uh not getting too much production, and I think big picture, too. You've got to be smart. When you're chasing the Red Sox and the Yankees and they get into one of these cycles where they, they both look to be truly elite, you've got to figure something out. What, you, know, you can throw money at the problem, but it doesn't always work, and, and certainly it, it hasn't worked for Baltimore. And they've got a player in Manny Machado who's one of the best players in the American League, and he's going to come up on free agency pretty soon, if I'm not mistaken, and they're going to probably lose him. So... Uh, not getting any easier any time in Baltimore. Maybe they can root for the Washington Nationals, although they have been postseason disappointments in their own right. But they got Las Vegas's Bryce Harper, so they'll always have a fan in me. Will the Nats? I got to tell you, I listened to John Anik just let all that fly off his tongue with the greatest of ease and the greatest of technology and everything else behind it. John, you're a pro. No wonder. ESPN definitely well, worked for you. I appreciate you saying that. I, I, I did not expect it to be asked about Major League Baseball today, uh, but I think it's the, the better in me that keeps my finger on the pulse of these other sports because even though I have watched less than three innings, well, I've been to, I went to see the Red Sox play the Marlins, but on television I've watched less than three innings of Major League Baseball all year long, but I probably bet on you know three four hundred straight wagers on games at this point. So it keeps me in the mix. See, he's a wow. Renaissance man because he's actually a degenerate. He he's self admittedly. We yeah. know that it's John right. Anik. Right. This is John the Anik. Man. Some you guys. Know, it's interesting because I've called myself a degenerate gambler, and maybe degenerate isn't the right word. I think addict is probably a better word, but I don't bet thousands of games, so it doesn't affect my bottom line hugely. I think if I didn't have two kids and another on the way and I didn't have a wife, I might have gotten into some real problems with it, but I got it in check, you know, but I've, I've been doing it every day since I was 18 years old and I'm coming up on 40, so I've been doing it, you know, more than half my life every yeah. day. And he's There's got both perfect... kneecaps. He's doing well. That's the perfect explanation. <laughs> yes, he does. So you're not an addict. You're an anic. He's an anic better. There you That's go. Oh, that, yeah. sounds, that sounds a little softer than attic. But it's funny because degenerate gambler is just sort of somewhat of a throwaway phrase sometimes, and I'm, I'm guilty as charged of using it. I don't know that my condition is degenerative necessarily because that implies that it's, it's going to some place really bad, and that Supreme Court ruling would tell you otherwise. It's going to a place that's really good. So I'm not too worried about it long term, and uh, my wife sees every deposit I make, and she doesn't see every bet I place, but she sees every deposit I make. Hey, John, you know that ruling that came down last week with the state-by-state state being able to pass the online betting rules, uh, the online betting uh, being legal, is a big thing. You already know that. It's going to raise the value of sports teams. It's going to bring a lot of money into the government. Hold right it's here, prop bet. Minus 500. He's talking about poker right now, Anik. You want to take that? No, that's a, that's a stiff price on anything, minus 500. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, it's easy money. Easy money. Carry on, BB. Carry on. All right. So I just think it's a, I think it's a move. I, I hope they regulate it properly, protect the young kids from getting on there and doing something they shouldn't be doing. But let's face it. Take it out of the hands of the bad guys. Put it in the hands of the government. Tax the heck out of it. Just pass it. All 50 states. Be done with it. Done. Now, let's go on to another thing that passed wow, this week. you weren't getting to poker. Oh! I you, I'm, I'm blown away. Good good, good one, Anik. Very, very nice. You saved money. Not bad. I mean, Not that bad. would have been a, a 
a hundred dollar bet to win twenty, and I would have lost. That wouldn't have been good. No. Well, speak. I mean, you're talking about you know somewhat degenerative you know antics. I just played poker for thirteen hours the other night. <laughs> I think I'm pokered out. Yeah. All right. Now, NFL owners. The NFL owners say the players must now stand for the national anthem. They just came down. Players who go take a knee will be fined by the league. Uh, Goodall at a news conference basically stated, if you do not stand and, quote, show respect for the flag and the anthem, you'll be fined by the league. So the new policy does give players the option to remain in the locker room during the, play or the playing of the anthem if they don't want to comply. It'll be interesting to see how this pans out. It'll be interesting to see how many players standing for what they are kneeling for what they believe in are willing to take the fines. God knows how much those fines would be in relation to what they're making. But I'm very, uh, uh, I find it very interesting that they did finally come down with a decision before the new season starts. How do you feel about the chunk? Well, I think one wrinkle to it is that I believe the teams reserve the right to sort of get ahead of it and make a decision collectively as a team. So I think you might see a lot of these teams, like Bill Belichick's probably sitting around like, you got to be shitting me, right? Like, we'll keep the whole team then in the locker room, you know, to, to avoid anything, right? And then we'll just bring everybody out after the anthem. And, you know, I like the visual, obviously, of all the players on the field respecting the country and the anthem and everybody that fights for the country and everything else. But now if you're going to have a fractured team where you have half the team in the locker room and half the guys coming out, it, to me, I think a lot of coaches in trying to get ahead of it will take that option and say, you know what, if this is going to be some big issue where a guy's going to kneel, you know, our focus is on football. And if that means keeping the guys backstage while the, the national anthem goes down, I think you'll see a lot of head coaches get ahead of it and be proactive and do that. So I don't know. It's, I, I don't love that the NFL is getting involved, to be honest with you. And it's kind of sad that they feel like they have to. I think they're getting involved because of all the pressure that's been created, John. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have. You know, it's a, it's a longstanding thing that's going on for what almost a year or over a year and we'll see how it pans out during the season but i'm with you i'm with you john you got a lot of stuff to do we're going to let you go we really appreciate you being on the show i'm going to drop you a quick call after i'm done if it's okay go over a couple things uh and uh outside of that is there anything else you want to tell us anything you want to let the audience know no, just enjoy that Liverpool show. I think you're really going to have fun with that, and uh, I'm, I'm just excited for those people. And uh, as broadcasters, it's really something that you feed off of that type of atmosphere. And uh, I think it's going to be a special night, and I'm, I'm very curious to see what Darren Till can do. And the fact that it happens on Sunday afternoon in the States is not a bad thing either. So uh, good to catch up with you boys. Don't be strangers. And uh, enjoy that weather starting to heat up in Florida. So enjoy that L.A. weather. Uh, we will. We will. And you will, too, come August. Sounds good. John, thanks right. for thanks for being on the show. Always a pleasure, my man. Thanks, guys. See you. There he is, John Anik. John Anik. Man always is so sharp when it comes to anything having to do with sports and otherwise. Always a pleasure to have him on the show and a pleasure to call him my friend. Uh, a couple other things that we want to go over here. You know how we talk about collectibles on the show pretty much every week. I touched on the 86 Fleer basketball wax pack unopened, right? TJ, I got to share with you another thing just happened. I had a complete set where I would get all the cars together of the 1986 Fleer basketball um, collection, right? So I had a complete set of 1986 Fleer, including the Michael Jordan rookie card. I sold the set approximately 12 years ago for uh 1200 and I sold that without the Jordan card. I sold the Jordan card to the same buyer, stupidly, if I may say so, for $1,300. So I got $2,500 for the set. 
Okay. The set just sold for eleven thousand dollars. Wow. Eleven thousand and oh growing. Oh man, that's a bad beat, Buff. Bad beat, but you know that's you gotta just you know grin and bear it. The card but of I hate Michael to say Jordan. This. I'm sorry to cut you off. That also kind of makes this exciting, though, right? Like. Obviously, yeah, yeah. you want to like put the money in and, and pull it out at some point and, and look at your return on the investment and whatnot. But you also, not that you take joy out of losing money, but it, it's still sort of fun to see you know what that decision uh, looks like you know a, a decade later. Well, there's no fun out of the situation because when I sold it for the basically about twenty five hundred dollars, my total investment was less than five hundred. Right. Right. So I made money. But what I made the mistake of is I always preach on the show, if you have a quality gold brick collectible and the theory of economics, supply and demand applies, as with this, it will only get more valuable. And what I'm telling you and trying to educate our listeners on that when it comes to unopened sports wax packs of cards, tops, FLIR, pre-1975, in this case, the 1986 because of Jordan and all the other rookies in that base, you have gold bricks. I What I'm doing now, TJ, is in the last three weeks, I went on eBay, I went into the auctions, and I bought two more packs of the 8687 Fleer. And yes, on the last time I bought a pack a couple years ago, it cost me about $460, give or take. I forget the exact amount. I've checked my records. Now I got to pay on a good purchase 1000 to 1200 which I can still sell for 1500 to 2000 based on the buyer. There's a lot of areas here to enjoy the collecting, put them away. If you buy decently and put it away for three to five years, you will double, possibly triple or more your investment and their gold bricks. Why do I call them that? Because when you put them on eBay up for sale, they sell as long as they're PSA or GAI rated, graded rather, graded and rated. That being said, there's your little collectible thing. Another thing, you've heard of Dynasty vases like Ming and King Dynasty of course, and all that. Yeah. Yep. So a family found, and I hope I'm saying this right, a King, which is not Ming, M-I-N-G, it's Q-I-N-G, Dynasty vase mm-hmm. in an attic shoebox. A shoebox, TJ. They went and had it evaluated. $600,000. 600000 It was in the shoebox in the attic. Oh a collectible God. from the family. I have, we all have grandparents, great-grandparents, uncles, whatever. I'm not saying go tour their attics and take what you find. I'm not talking about that. But go in the attic of your grandparents. Oh, yeah. If they might forget and say, you know, I just want to do a little treasure hunt. Can, can we open up? You, you never know. TJ, I have come across things more than a dozen times in my lifetime. Like this story, not quite as valuable, but where something was found that was worth thousands of dollars and nobody knew and yeah. nobody knew. Yeah. Um, you know? we, we had this in my family, uh, probably about 10, 15 years ago. Um, my great grandmother passed away and they were going through her attic and they found a, uh, hand drawn picture of Snoopy. And it was in fact signed Charles by Schultz. Charles Schultz. Um, wow. Charles lived in the the Twin Cities for a while and uh, frequented my great-grandmother's diner in Dinkytown, which is uh, on the University of Minnesota campus. And uh, he one day uh, drew her a picture of Snoopy. No idea what that's worth. I have no idea where it is right now, but uh, I'm I'm sure someone's taking care of it if they haven't sold it already. Very cool. I love those. I love all these stories. I think it's just awesome. 
Totally cool. So check it out, everybody. Even if you have stuff, I'm telling you, there's valuable stuff there. If you went to your first UFC 20 years ago and you've got your ticket, your credential, whatever you had, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. TJ, one last thing before we sign off. MMA Bobbleheads is a company you're going to hear about. All right. Right now, they have developed the uh, Danny Henderson bobblehead. They just came out with Chuck Liddell's bobblehead. People go check out MMABobblehead.com. These collectibles are amazing. The artwork, the precision in which they make them. I'm, this guy, Dave Manley, who owns this company, is coming out with great products. Stay tuned. Well, something special is coming I, out. In, something special is coming out in June. I, That's all I, I'm going to tell you. Well, I heard they were working on a Tito Ortiz bobblehead, but the material to make it because the head is so big, they would have bankrupt themselves. Well, they just had to raise the price compared to Chuck Waddell's. I think it's another thirty-five percent more expensive. <laughs> Due to the head. Not due to the fact they're potentially fighting in the future, but due to the head. We kid. We kid. We kid a lot. And you know what? Chuck's my friend. Tito's my friend. I wish him luck when, when and if they face off against each other. All the scuttlebutt going out there. Grab the money, folks. Go in and have a party. Have a good time. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, BruceBuffer.com. Go pay for recordings. Go get them. That's it. I've Father's got a bash to do. Your, your dad wants ba- it. I mean, shit, I want it, to be honest with you. Hey. Father's Day recordings, championship intros, weddings, birthdays, voicemails, you name it, I do it. I'm going in the studio tomorrow to do a couple of things for a Vegas sports team. I'm not going to announce it because it's a surprise at their home game happening this weekend. No, it's not the Golden Knights. Oh, it's really? one of the others. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. TJ, thanks a lot. I will be back next week. Uh, going to head out to Liverpool, get back on Monday. Uh, again, thank you, everybody, for your birthday wishes to me. I sincerely appreciate it. Love to you all. TJ, great week. Everybody treat everybody around you with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be strong. Be honest. Pick your path. Set your goals. Write them down. Walk that path. Be the best you can be because it's all about winning. And that's what we talk about in It's Time Radio. It's time to win. It's time to be the best you can be. Love to all. Talk to you next week. Buffer out. It's Time with Bruce Buffer is a TJ DeSantis production and is property of Buffer Enterprises Incorporated. Its content is intended for private use only.